0: Hi, I'm Deb Hunter, and welcome to All Things Tudor, the podcast that blows the dust off the history books and brings the world of the Tudors roaring back to life. Each episode will bring you awesome guests and topics, stories, and revelations, the power the sex, the scandals, the romance, and the ruthlessness. So join me, and together we'll pull back the curtain and discover the real lives of the Tudors. Hi, and welcome to All Things Tudor. I'm Deb Hunter, and today let's welcome London-born soprano Jay Britton, Jay created the Tudor Songbook to combine her professional singing career with her knowledge and passion of Tudor history. Hi, Jay. How are you today? I'm doing really well, thank you. How are you? I'm doing fine, thanks. I appreciate you being here. I think we're going to have a great time. I was just wondering if we met in an elevator, how would you explain your career to me? I love I love that that question. The the um the
1: elevator pitch. I would say to you that I performed songs from the Tudor and Elizabethan periods, dressed in Tudor gowns and accompanied by the instruments that they would have used at the time. Well,
0: what led to your passion for Tudor history?
1: I think it's a lot to do with where I grew up. I grew up in South East London. In fact, I grew up in Elton. So we've got Elton Palace right on our doorstep, the um, childhood home of Henry VIII. And we're not far from places like the Tower of London and Hampton Court, Greenwich, Hever Castle and all these incredible places that we were just surrounded by it when we were growing up. We had our school trips there. And the, the images are just things that, that became really familiar to me at a young age. And I've always been interested in it since I was a child.
0: But you, you're actually an opera singer, is that correct?
1: Yeah, that's right. That's why right. I trained at, um, I did my undergraduate studies at the Royal Academy of Music in London. And then I trained for a master's at the Royal College of Music in London. And that's where I really learned to kind of, uh, I learned my trade in singing. So I studied the languages, I studied the repertoire, I studied the, the movement
0: and everything that goes with being a professional singer. That's fascinating to me. So you have this passion for Tudor history, and you have developed the Tudor Songbook. Can can you tell us what that is, please?
1: The Tudor Songbook
0: is is the name
1: of the uh, it's the name I've given my act, and eventually over time it will become like a virtual songbook. So people will be able to come and they'll be able to listen listen to songs and watch videos of this incredible music from the period because it is so beautiful. There is so much there. And I think my aim has been to make it as immersive as possible. And that's where the idea of using the costumes came from. And I think all historians, professional or just a hobby historian, they all love to feel like we're in the minds of the people who we're reading about and we're studying. And if you can see the world through their eyes, it helps you feel a lot closer. And my, my little tagline is experience history through the years of the Tudors. And that's really what I'm aiming to do through it, just kind of bring people with with that
0: sensory experience. Well, I'm just loving this. So you took your opera career, you grew up around history and fell in love with the Tudor history. Yeah. You have developed the Tudor songbook and you've combined all this with your singing career, correct?
1: Yeah, it's, it's just something. And, and actually, I can't believe the penny didn't drop sooner that I could combine the two things because I'd I'd always been a very keen amateur historian. I love love reading books about the Tudors, not just the Tudors, all areas of history, but the Tudors are are something that have really captured my heart, like I said, from a young age, and trying to understand as much as I can about them. And I appreciate how things like music can affect the way that we experience events and, and our emotions in our lives now. So we use music for celebrations and entertainment, worship, self-expression. It, it, we put on music when we when we were in love. We put on music when we have a heartbreak, you put on the song to cry to. And I can't imagine that it would have been any different back then. And so to be able to take a step back in time and listen to the music that they would have heard, I feel like we can all learn a lot from that.
0: That's a very good point. And from what I understand, all the Tudor monarchs had an interest in music. Yeah. Do you Are you aware of any of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, there is there's so much. I mean, Henry VIII was an incredibly gifted musician himself. He was known to own lots of instruments. He played the lute. He sung, and he composed loads of music. And some of our some of our most loved Tudor music was actually written by Henry VIII, and some of it survived into the reign of Elizabeth I as well. And um, it's, it's it I think what better way to understand someone's personality than to be able to look at that form of self-expression that he had, and there's all kind of double meanings within songs. So you can have your kind of cheeky little little double meanings. That, I think there's there's so much of that in Elizabethan music. There's we've got hidden Catholic symbolism in some music of Tallis. So when he was composing at the court of Elizabeth I. And it's just, I, I find it insanely interesting. I love it.
0: It's like a big puzzle Yeah, we're all trying to solve, isn't yeah, it? Yeah,
1: that's it. And, you know, there's some people that, that that look at the artwork. There's some people that look at the literature of the time. And you've got the contemporary sources and, you know, the architecture and, and the food and everything that we can build up just makes this picture and it helps us understand them better.
0: Anne Boleyn was an accomplished musician too, wasn't she? Yeah,
1: that's absolutely right. She was. My interest in Anne Boleyn, I think, comes from the fact that she has, over the past 500 years, become an icon, very much an icon. The story of her life or or her life with Henry VIII is incredibly dramatic, the stuff of legends from her long wait being courted by Henry and waiting for his marriage to Catherine of Aragon to be dissolved. Even that in itself is incredible. The thought of being courted by the mighty King Henry VIII is just incredible. Her meteoric triumph seemingly against all of those odds to become the Queen of England, then quickly followed by that, what must have been at the time a crushing failure to deliver the son that she'd promised him. I mean, we now know that Elizabeth went on to become one of England's finest monarchs and she brought about this golden era. But at the time, that was a huge failure to her and a huge blow to Henry VIII as well. And this this marriage that he had sacrificed so much to, to bring about. And then quickly followed by her fall and her brutal ends. And I think that's that's what it is, it's that triumph juxtaposed with such a horrible and unjust end. If you were writing, if someone was writing that in a book or if that was the end of a film, you'd think, no, you can't do that to her. That's so horrible. Just why 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 kill her at the end? It it, it is the stuff of, of legends, and I think because it's possibly, I think, because of her end that it has become such a captivating story still all these 500 years later and it's a love story that i don't think is going anywhere people are still interested in it now and we've seen her in books and films opera tv shows everywhere on media people love her people want to dress like her people want to be her myself included and there's a lot that we can learn about the music from her life there's music from when she was in france music from when she was in austria would she have performed henry the music the music that he wrote i just there's so many of these little questions that we can we can look into and and think about i just i just think it's really
0: really interesting is it documented how many different instruments she played I,
1: she was known to be an incredible singer she was known as having a voice like a siren which i just think is lovely it's um Although it's kind of got that haunting quality, a siren is almost is like the mermaid that that drags the man down to his demise with her hypnotic voice, and I think that's one of the reasons that personally I'd like to think of connecting with Ambulin so much because she was known as, as having this this singing voice, and she was known to play the virginals and the lute as well. Apart from that, like, or the Spinets, the spinet as well. Apart from that, I'm not a hundred percent sure on on other instruments, but she was certainly a gifted musician, and it was. It was a courtly virtue that ladies of nobility and, and royal ladies would have would have learned. I think with the exception of um, Anne of
0: Cleves, I think her life, her early life was a little more sheltered. Of course, Anne had that European background, so she was a bit more accomplished mm. than the other ladies, wasn't she? Yeah,
1: exactly that, exactly that. So when she arrived in the court of Henry VIII, she was something very different. She seemed quite exotic and interesting, and that must be one of the things that drew Henry to her so much. I think that was definitely something that worked in her favour.
0: I have to agree with that. I just don't know how he could have missed her. Yeah. She was just so charming and alluring, so that's just my take. Exactly
1: that, I think. she And she was known as being able to use her eyes as well. I think her eyes were something that was... um, that was noted about her and that again there's communication within music i can just imagine her singing something to him and looking at her looking at him while she's doing it i think that would have been difficult to resist even for king henry the absolutely
0: if you're a fan of tudor history come join us at all things tudor a facebook group dedicated to well all things tudor members can contribute a wide array of subject matter about Tudor history. You can also listen to the All Things Tudor podcast. There's a book club and a weekly clubhouse live audio chat, often featuring very special guests. Look for upcoming surprises for the group members in 2022. Become a member of one of the largest groups of Tudor history enthusiasts on the planet. Simply go to the Facebook search bar, type in All Things Tudor, select the option to join the group and, of course, answer the membership questions. Join us now at All Things Tudor. Look forward to seeing you. Well, you've recently posted a picture on Twitter that went viral at Haver Castle. Can you explain yes. your yeah. outfit? You were dressed in, in full Tudor drag that day, so can you... can you That's right. Yeah. <laughs> can you explain what you had on to to us and let us know how you chose it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was at Heber Castle that day to sing for the launch of their, their new exhibition, which is fantastic, by the way, called um, Becoming Anne. And it's all about Anne's early life up until her arrival in the court of Henry VIII. And um, the reason I chose that particular outfit is because there is a portrait, a very famous portrait of Anne Boleyn hanging in the Long Gallery. Where that photo was taken actually, of Anne Boleyn, and that is the dress that she is wearing. And these the dresses that I wear are historically accurate garments. So they're comprised of several garments that all get layered up and in some cases pinned together as well. And that's how the ladies of the time would have dressed. And they'd have had the pins kind of pinning the overgown to the kirtle which is the the underdress. And they the, the gowns that I where mate, they're all made for me, just like they would have been made for the ladies at the time. And mine are by a lady called Gina, who um, who makes these dresses on her page, um, Tudor Dreams historical costumia. And she is just fantastic. There is so much detail and so much work that goes into these garments. And you can just imagine the dressmakers of the time with these enormous lengths of really high quality velvet and the fur and having to Stitch each one of these garments together, knowing
0: who they were for. I think that must have been quite an incredible job for them. Well, you look gorgeous, and the dress was absolutely stunning, Thank you. stunning. So I can see why that went viral very easily.
1: It was it was an incredible moment for me. Actually, there was something quite surreal about standing and in Anne childhood home, dressed as her. It was it was quite it was quite moving. There was one point where I, I sang a song that was written about her in front of her portrait and it was it was moving it was very very moving I mean the whole the whole of Hever Castle has got an air about it you can just you can sense the history there the the air hangs
0: heavy with it and it is just an incredible place it's absolutely beautiful we love going there Mm. well you perform in Tudor costume don't you
1: yeah I do I think it really adds to the um to it helps bring the music to life and it sets it back in the time that it was composed so it's just a love another level of the immersion so you've got the visual and the audio to kind of to make you feel a bit more like you're back in the tudor times and there's one particular place that I've um, that I've performed before and I'm going back to do another experience for them called the tudor and 17th century experience in Norfolk and you can do an experience where you live like a tudor so it's completely immersive so you're eating tudor food you're sleeping in a tudor bed You're you're sitting on Tudor furniture and you'll be listening to me performing some Tudor music. And I think you've got the option there of, of having costumes fitted to you as well. And I think things like that can really change the way we feel. Like I feel different when I put the gowns on. It's almost like my persona changes. I mean, I physically have to hold myself differently because you're corseted in at two different levels on these gowns. And in a practical sense as well, so in a performance way, when I'm corseted into a gown, I'm having to take more breaths than I would have done in, in my everyday clothes. So it, I do feel like maybe it can make me feel a little bit more accurate with women who were corseted at the time have had these great big long breath phrases in their music or would they have had to have slightly more often like I
0: do when I'm wearing a corset? Well, yeah, you think about things like that when you have to experience it and uh, you're... yeah. Your event sounds phenomenal and I can't wait to sh- hear more about it and learn more about it. What, what are some other performances you've done or have planned?
1: I've got, I, I did a fantastic concert, a, a lovely Christmas concert in a place called Harvington Hall in Worcestershire that's, um, that's famous for its priest hides. So the um the the hiding places that the priests used to have to go into and sometimes stay for over a week when Elizabeth I's priest, this his Roman Catholic priests when Elizabeth the soldiers were coming to to arrest them and if if they were found they they would be executed. So that's a that's that's a really really interesting venue there and I did a beautiful um Christmas concert there that was accompanied by lute it was in the evening we had candles everywhere the fire was lit So you can hear that crackling fire in the background. And I think things like that, they all add. Like, again, there's another level of immersion, this immersive history. People love to feel like they are back in the time. I love to feel like I'm back in the time. And I think if you put some natural lighting, some fire and and a loop playing, it just sends people back. But in terms of other events that I've got planned, I'm going to um, Speak Hall in Liverpool. In, in the summer to do four concerts there. And that will be um, that will be a whole range of Tudor music, ranging from early Tudor music all the way through to Elizabethan. And the same, got, I've got a Jubilee concert to celebrate our Good Queen's um, Jubilee at Lamport Hall in Northamptonshire. I'm going back to Harvington Hall again. They can't, um, they can't get rid of me and that's in July. And then um, again to the Tudor and 17th century experience in, in August. And there's one or two other little things I've got in the pipeline, but they haven't been confirmed yet. So <laughs> I don't want to say too much about them in case they don't come through. But bit by bit, it's all, it's
0: all happening and it's very exciting. It really is. And you have a busy summer and I'm glad you're telling us about it because it seems like all of America is going to the UK this summer and I'm so jealous that I can't, but I'll, oh. I'll be there eventually. <laughs> so I'm, I'm glad you let them know where to find you. I, I did want to Loop back around to your performances and mm. your performing in costume. What inspired you to start performing in Tudor costumes? I, I think that's brilliant. What do you remember when you thought one day I'm going to get a Tudor dress and I'm going to wear <laughs> I'm going to wear this dress today? When when did that happen?
1: it happens because the Tudor songbook itself is actually something that's relatively new i only started this last september and it was it was last summer when i was doing a, a couple of days out and i was talking to to a few people that i know uh, who do some reenactments and i thought to myself i love these outfits i wish i could get one of these outfits but i i can't um i've, I've got a family i've got two two children as well and i can't afford to buy a costume just to purely do things just for the fun of it. I have to have, you know, I have to be making this part of my job. And I thought, well, actually, and I can't believe the penny hadn't dropped sooner. I could do this historical performance and combine these two passions that I've got for history and for singing and put them together. Because the music of the time is absolutely incredible. And, The clothes are absolutely incredible. People love the clothes. I think people really like to see them. I love to see them. I love it when I see people at historic properties walking around in costume. I think it really adds something to it. And if I can then add to that as well by singing in those costumes, I think that's hopefully something that people will really start to enjoy.
0: Well, I think so too. And again, I think it's just a a genius idea that you've had there. Let's talk just a little bit more about Anne Boleyn. And I know we're quickly approaching May 19th. When did you start learning more about Anne? I think we all have that time where it's like, mm. oh, my goodness, this woman was so remarkable. But when was that time for you? I think probably
1: 2017. That's a bit of a, I don't know why it was particularly that year. But it was when I, I, I can't remember which book it was that I was reading. It might have been um, The Lady in the Tower. I was reading that and I just felt absolutely gripped by it. Because, like I said, it's the 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 brutal and such an unjust end for her that really that really hits me. This this fall from grace, fall from so high. She had absolutely reached the very like the top of the world for her. She'd become the Queen of England. So then to have such a swift and such a brutal fall from grace. When I was reading about that in The Lady in the Town, then I've gone on to read a few more books about her, her life and her legacy. It's something that I, I personally felt quite connected to having grown up where I grew up and going to school trips at the Tower of London and visiting Hever Castle. Hever Castle is only 25 minutes away from where I live, so I can just jump in the car and go there. And I just absolutely adore it. It's so picturesque. It's right. It's it's just kind of nestled in this beautiful little part of Kent. And there's no great big main roads near it. You just have to kind of wind round in your car. And you can really imagine when you're going there, you can imagine Henry VIII kind of charging down there on his horse, desperate to to have a talk with Anne Boleyn when she was ignoring his letters. And I, it's the whole thing has captivated me. I mean, since childhood, I've been interested in it. But Sometimes what we're taught about Henry VIII's wives when when we're younger isn't. I mean, we don't have time really to teach them the all of the the deeper history of it. It's a bit it's a bit sensitive for, for young ears. I appreciate, but um, especially as as you as you grow older, I think as I as I grew older, my my eyes very much became opened. The more I went to these places, and the more I learnt about people like Anne because she was absolutely
0: remarkable. She truly was. Well, thank you for sharing your time with us today. Where can our listeners find you on social media? And they can find me as
1: The Tudor Songbook. And that's on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. So look for The Tudor Songbook or Tudor Songbook for um, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram with the um, with the app sign. But, uh, you'll find me on all of those places.
0: Well, that's wonderful. And thank you too for sharing your not only time with us, but the events and locations you're going to be at this summer. I know everyone that can make it will make it. And thank you very much, Jay Britton, and the Tudor Songbook for joining us today. You're most welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to All Things Tudor. My thanks go to listeners, my husband, and my team. If you like what you hear, leave a review, follow wherever you get your podcast, and share with your friends to help others find the show. Join the All Things Tudor Facebook community to connect with tens of thousands of Tudor history lovers. You can also connect with me across social media at TheDebATL. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch y'all later.